Welcome back, brothers and sisters. This is Father Michael Voidhofer, and this is the second part of my vocation story I'd like to share with you today. And then I went to Mass one day. I remember it was a 505 Mass, and just walked in. Because, you know, I was first time away from home, kind of lonely, and I always knew that wherever I went, there would be the church. And for that, we give praise to God. And I was walking into the 505 Mass, and I saw all these young people, these young adults, these college students, celebrating and worshiping Jesus Christ at the Holy Eucharist. And they were participating in the Mass with such a joy and such a desire in their hearts to listen to God's Word and receive Him in the Eucharist. It touched me so deeply. And then after the Mass... These students showed tremendous interest interest in me. And that was another part of how important it is when we as Catholics, as Christian, go out and show interest in God's people. And that was huge for me. And I remember them inviting me to prayer groups, mass, Bible studies, all these things, retreats. And I did. I responded and I began to go. And one particular little story that I like to recall is there is one student to this day um, who really began my real devotion to the Blessed Sacrament and to praying the rosary, and that's Matthew Parrish. And he was there kneeling in the chapel. Every Thursday we would have all-day adoration, and he was kneeling there in the chapel. And I would go in around 7, read a benediction at 9, 7 at night, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. I would be in there. And, you know, I'm new at this, so staying there that long was hard. So he would be kneeling kneeling there, and I would look at him, and I would be like, how can he stay here for two hours? And I would ask myself that question. And he would kneel there and pray his rosary for two hours in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And I would be there looking at him, and I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. If he can stay there and pray that rosary, I'm going to do it. So it was kind of like God's way of working on me competitively and saying, God using that competitive spirit in me. And I was like, I'm going to stay here for two hours. And, you know, one hour I'm praying my rosary. And then the next hour starts, I'm like, I'm getting jittery and wanting to get up and leave. And I was like, no, I'm staying. And it was that staying that really, really began to allow God to pour graces at a deeper level into my spirit and soul and begin to raise up in me his son Jesus in a more powerful way. And I begin to hear God speaking in that soft, gentle voice in my heart more strongly. And again, God used somebody there to teach me how to adore, how to remain steadfast in prayer. How I cannot encourage this enough to all of you to go to church and to stop in the chapel, and when you feel uncomfortable and have to leave, stay. And when you stay, it's in that time where God will break through at a deeper level and you will experience the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll have your own little Pentecost experience, which we all need to have daily. And then... I remember going on some retreats, which just affirmed and strengthened. And then I belonged to a charismatic prayer group there, which even opened me more 
to the gifts of the Spirit. It helped me to learn how to make myself more available to God's Spirit, to His power. And then I remember going home for Easter and God challenging me to make a good confession. And I can't explain it. Only God can grant that experience. But I went to confession most of my life. But this was a confession that changed my life forever. I prepared. And I can't encourage you enough, and all those you encourage, we have to dispose ourselves properly to the sacraments. When we take time to adore the Lord in the Eucharist, we enter the Mass more deeply and profoundly. When we take time to prepare ourselves by an examination of conscience, we enter the sacrament of confession. Well, for the first time in my life, I really seriously sat down and began to prepare my heart to make a good confession. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church has an amazing, awesome examination of each of the Ten Commandments. And that's what I did. I sat down on my bed one day and I went home for a break from Penn State and began to prepare. And I made a good, basic, general confession. And that's where I remember that, and I'll never forget it. I made that confession, and I literally felt like I was coming up for air after that confession. I felt like, for the first time in my life, I began to breathe. And I, I, it sounds funny, but I felt like I could finally see, I could finally breathe. I felt like the weight of the world was lifted from my shoulders, and it was totally the power of God's divine mercy, which, as we all know, that gift of God's divine mercy, which we celebrate with the chaplet of divine mercy and St. Faustina, we thank God for his mercy. And I encourage you all, again, take advantage of that sacrament of confession, which was a huge part of God, again, going deeper inside of me, his spirit coming deeper, blessing me with his presence and his word coming forth in a stronger, more audible way, interiorly. And this is what the church gives us. And as I began with, God's grace is an extraordinary gift that he gives to us that we don't deserve, but he gives it to us freely, gratuitously, as a gift. And we should take full advantage of that. And God's grace comes to us through the Mass, through prayer, through the sacraments, acts of charity, These are all ways God gives us his gift of the Spirit, his love, which all the more will fill us with his holy joy, which you can't hide, and his peace, which others will see and desire and want, and we will evangelize those around us without even speaking audibly. And then finally at Penn State, to close that chapter is, I was sitting in the chapel and adoring the Lord again in, in before the Blessed Sacrament. And I was praying my rosary. And as I prayed my rosary with my eyes closed, I felt this tremendous interior silence come over me. And I heard the Lord speak in my heart with that soft, gentle voice, not audibly, but just that inspiration in my heart began to speak, which He speaks to all of us when we just take the time to listen in that silence, and the Lord said to me, Michael, open your eyes and look at your hands. 
And I opened my eyes, I looked at my hands, and for the first time in my life, I began to see my hands in the way God saw them. And as I began this story, you know, God created my soul with the plan to glorify the Father and save souls, as he does all of us. Out of nothing, he brings us into existence, out of pure love to glorify the Father and save souls. And God was having me look at my hands. And it was a moment of grace. And I saw my hands as God saw them. And then God continued to speak to my heart. He said, Michael, one day I will use your hands to bring me down onto the altars for my people. One day... I will absolve sin through your hands. One day, I will anoint the sick with your hands. And as God spoke those words, it's at that moment that God was affirming and confirming the call that he placed in my heart, on my life, from the moment of my conception. He was bringing forth his word. I was hearing his word, who is Jesus, And Jesus in me wanted to live his priesthood through me. And then it was there that that call began to be confirmed by others, people in prayer groups, family members, friends began to invite, have you ever thought about being a priest? You know, and it was something that I never really thought about, you know, growing up and being raised in a great Catholic family. But God was beginning to speak to me and invite me to serve him in that way. And all along, he was preparing me. As you heard, as I spoke, my family life, my leg injury, my experience at Penn State, and then this experience. So then I was really getting excited then about wanting to be a priest because my heart began to experience God's joy because I was choosing to listen to God's word and God was beginning to live his life more fully in me because I was responding to his call. And that's where I began to look more seriously in the religious life, vocations. I visited different monasteries, friaries. Um, I did retreats, discernment retreats, vocation retreats. And I encourage all of you, if you sense God calling you to, take the time to listen and to take opportunities to visit communities, visit the diocese, visit God's plan for your life. And as I finished up that time at Penn State, you know, the Penn State time's kind of like the walls and windows God's beginning to shed his light and beginning to put up those walls of his love to build his temple. And then I went off to the Diocese of Pittsburgh, finally discerning that I felt called to religious life, but I couldn't find a community at the time. So God led me to the Diocese of Pittsburgh, where I basically grew up in that diocese and in a small town of Carmichael's, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour south of Pittsburgh. So I was with the Diocese of Pittsburgh for four years as in the seminary. 
two years I was at St. Paul's Seminary in Pittsburgh. And then two years I studied theology in Rome. And I look at that time kind of like the roof, you know, God's starting to put the roof on. And that was the time where I was in Rome for those two years of theology being with the church, the universal church. What a beautiful gift she is. Let us all praise God and thank God for our church. We have the fullness of the faith. How beautiful. And my heart just overflows with gratitude to God for the gift of the church. And while I was there, I got to be with John Paul II a lot in his, you know, the papal masses, celebrations at the Christmas liturgies, you know, Holy Week. The Triduum, what a tremendous gift. Being able to travel to the shrines throughout Europe, um, Fatima, Lourdes, Medjugorje, Assisi, you know, to visit the shrine of Padre Pio, all of these places began to just really invite me more and more into God's love for me, the way he wanted to live that love. And that time, of Rome, that time in Rome, I treasure, I really grew to love Rome. And, but it was when I was in Rome that I encountered these teal people. They were wearing teal and white. And it was actually um, at Mother Teresa's beatification. They were in the center of St. Peter's Square there, the piazza, and I saw them, and I was kind of in the back, and I looked at them, and so I fought my way through the Italian crowd, and <laughs> and I made my way up to them, and we got to talking a bit, and I took them up to the North American College where I was living, and showed them around a little bit, and we ate together, and once they left Rome, a whole year later, because when you're in Rome, at least for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, you make a two-year commitment. So while I was there my second year, this is a whole year after I met the intercessors, I remember sitting in my room really struggling because I was getting close to being ordained a deacon and I didn't want to continue unless I was certain, at least some certitude in my heart that God was wanting this for me to continue in the diocese or go into religious life. That was kind of my struggle in my heart. I knew I was called to serve God as a priest, but diocesan or religious was a challenge. Well, I was kneeling there before my bed in my room at seminary at the North American College, and I looked on my bookshelf, and my eyes were drawn to this teal book, this God's armor. And I heard the Lord in my heart again, that soft, gentle voice say, you know, read the book. I felt inspired, drawn to read that book. And again, I encourage you, pay attention to where you're drawn. God draws us for reasons, um, drawn to pray for others, drawn to study certain aspects of Scripture, um, drawn to study something in the church. But pay attention because that's how God speaks and that's His voice and He moves in that way. While I was was sitting there and I was drawn to read that book and I picked it up, so I can't hurt. So I read it and everything I read in that book was so anointed for me. God anointed it. It was for me at that time. God wanted me to read that book. And basically, I called the intercessors of the Lamb from Rome, got in touch with the vocation director, and I just said, I need to know more about you. I feel like God really wants me to connect with you and to possibly join that community because I was discerning that 
religious life or diocesan. But I had to finish up my second year in Rome before I could return home to discern a retreat with the intercessors of the Lamb. I finished that up, that book, and and what drew me a lot to the community of the intercessors of the Lamb was the contemplative charismatic marriage, the mix. They were a very contemplative community, and they were very charismatic. They prayer and the ministry of the word, like the Acts of the Apostles, the praying, the contemplative, the deep listening, Lord, what do you want? The charismatic, the ministry, the acting. And I was really attracted to that effective evangelization. They, they listen to God's voice. At least they, they strive to listen to God's voice. Do the charismatic gifts of the power of the Spirit move people into ministry of the Word? And that really drew me, that marriage between the charismatic and contemplative union that the community had. So then I finished up my two years in Rome, and I went to the intercessors of the Lamb to do a retreat. After some time in the parish in Pittsburgh, about eight months, I flew out to Omaha, Nebraska, where the community in Omaha, I did my retreat, eight-day silent retreat, and it was so clear to me It's never 100%, just so you all know. But it was very strong and clear that God was calling me to join this community. 